Thanks for checking out our teaching from this week. Our hope is that it will encourage you to take a next step in growing in your relationship with Jesus. Let's get to it. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace River. I'm really pumped that you're watching online at home. We're on week three of a brand new series called Lies That We Believe. And my hope that throughout this series and really throughout this teaching is that you'll take a next step closer to meeting, knowing, and following Jesus. And so uh, today we're going to talk about the lie that is most commonly believed uh, with those who follow Christ, which is this lie that says, if I believe in God, if I follow Jesus, then I shouldn't suffer. And so we're going to expose that lie today and find out that it's simply a lie. Um, growing up as a kid, I used to think that if I swallowed bubble gum, that that bubble gum would add up in my stomach, that we were never able to digest gum. Do you remember this lie? It was a lie that said, if I chew gum and I swallow, maybe it was your parents, or your grandparents, your aunt or your uncle, if you chew gum and you swallow it, uh, you'll never digest that gum. And so I, every time I remember swallowing gum, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I must have this gigantic mound of gum in my stomach. And what I want you to know is that's a lie, right? In fact, scientific studies have been done on our digestion system and actually gum digests just like everything else out of our stomachs. And so uh, it was a lie. In fact, we believe the lie and a lot of us would pass on that lie to our cousins or our friends, people that we went to school with and we, would, we were told a lie, we bought that lie and then we actually expressed it and, and spread the lie to other people. And I think culturally speaking, there are a lot of lies that we begin to believe this biggest one that we're going to cover, and the one we're covering today, really is this lie that I believe, which is, if I am a Christian, I, I'm not going to suffer. Like, there is no reason for me to suffer if I follow Christ. I, I meet people sometimes, and they tell me, man, I tried out Jesus, and he didn't work for me. And uh, I, I think that that statement is really wild to make, because we can try out uh, a chicken place, Right? Uh, you can try out eating salad, and but I've never tried a person, and that person didn't work for me. And so my hope is, is that we move people at Grace River out of a circumstantial faith that says, man, I'll follow God when things are good, but when things are bad, I'm not sure if I want to follow Him at all. And so we're going to uncover this lie today and find out the truth about what it means to suffer. In fact, I want to pray for you right now because I believe that people that are watching right now may be suffering, may be struggling, may be going through a difficult season in their lives. And I want to pray for you right now uh, that this teaching helps you uncover this lie uh, that you shouldn't suffer. So let's, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for trials in our lives because we know that trials lead us to, to places uh, that develop our faith deeper and deeper and deeper. God, we know that you're preparing us for something great. Help us to see it. Help us to trust in it. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And so uh, the, the book of Peter uh, was written by the disciple Peter, and it was written to Christians that were suffering. Uh, in fact, the entire book of 1 Peter is really about how to suffer well. We're not designed or wired up to handle pain well. Uh, but, but in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, Peter, one of the 12 disciples, says this, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that come to you or the tests that come your way, as though something strange were happening to you. What he's letting these early Christians know is let's not be shocked when tough times come, when every day isn't, isn't unicorns jumping over rainbows, pooping out Skittles. Like The fact is, life is hard. 
And so let's stop being surprised. Let's stop being shocked when difficult things come our way. Somehow, some way, we bought the lie that is life shouldn't be hard, that we shouldn't have to experience pain. Uh, I stink at suffering and pain. I don't, I don't do a good job at it. And more than likely, neither do you. I mean, who in their right mind says, yeah, I like to suffer or yeah, I like to go through pain. I like to go through difficulties. Nobody likes that, right? We all like an ideal day. But during this time period, Peter's writing to a group of Christians that were scared for their lives. They were experiencing persecution. Uh, at this time period, Christians were being thrown into public arenas and being killed in public. This was, uh, and, and audiences and crowds would cheer on as this would take place. And so it's important to keep in perspective, that's not happening to you or I today, right? Uh, we are suffering, we are going through trials and difficulties, but what I want you to be reminded of is this, is that you were never promised an easy life. And so instead uh, of, of circumstantial faith, let's try, trying Jesus is not the same as trusting Jesus. Oftentimes we wanna try Jesus out, we want to try out living this Christian life. And when it doesn't work out for us, we move on to something else. And what I want you to know is that was never the design for what it meant to really follow Jesus. Trying Jesus is not the same as trusting in Jesus. And so I wonder today, maybe we could move the needle a little bit during this talk. That instead of you just simply trying out this Christianity thing, trying out following Jesus, that you begin to trust him. And you, have, you begin to understand that your pain has a purpose that your pain and my pain, the difficult circumstances that you walked through last week, last month, last year, or even currently right now, helping you to understand that your pain has a purpose. Now here's our, our issue is, culture says that we should just medicate pain. So when you go through pain, there's probably a pill for you to take, there's a relationship for you to gain, I could, I could, I could consume enough alcohol, maybe I could provide enough new hobbies and distractions in my life, to keep me away from pain. But what I want you to know is, although culture says that we want to avoid pain, uh, the Bible just helps us to understand and the message of the gospel says uh, that no one likes pain, but pain produces something in us. That when I experience pain, there's something deeper happening. That God is preparing me for what's next. Now, there are some people that inflict pain on themselves and I don't truly understand why. Marathon runners, for example, sign up for marathons. Uh, they pay money to run races uh, and to run them very, very far. In fact, people will run distances that I don't feel comfortable driving, right? And I think about that and I think, man, that is a long way to run. But people do it and the reason why they do it is they will endure pain as long as they can see a purpose in it. You and I can endure pain as long as we see a purpose in it. People go through detox. It's painful, and the reason why, but they understand the purpose behind the detox that they're going through actually means something, that there's purpose to it. There's purpose in it. People go through uh, childbirth, right? And the reason why they do is, is they, they know it's painful. They know it's difficult, but they know the end result is a child, and they say it's worth it. We can endure pain as long as we understand that it's worth it. Jesus did this. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says this, because of the joy awaiting him, that's Jesus, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Jesus counted the cross to be joyful. And the reason why he does is that he knew what the cross meant. 
He knew that because he was going to go and suffer, despite the shame, he endures it. Why? Because he knew that it was going to set me and it was going to set you free from our sins, that it was going to wipe the slate clean, that he knew that you and I could never earn our way into a relationship with God. He knew that the good news uh, wasn't about religion, doing better and trying harder. The good news was because of what was going to happen on the cross, all it was going to take for you and I was to simply believe and receive what's already happened for us. And so it's important for us to see that, man, Jesus endured this because there was purpose behind it. So you and I can look at our pain and go, man, there is purpose behind our pain. So how can, how can we look at the joy set ahead of us? Well, you could look at your life and go, man, the difficulties that I'm going through may produce a stronger faith in my life. That's the joy ahead of you. Uh, it may produce answered prayer. It may mean that someday you can talk to your kids and your grandkids about what it meant to overcome adversity, like what it meant to overcome an, an insurmountable mountain in your life, to be able to look at your life and go, man, there is joy ahead of me in and through this. And I want you to know, I don't know what it is that you're going through today. And I don't know what it is that you're about to go through. But what I do know is this, is that God is preparing you for something. God, uh, God will bring purpose out of the pain you are experiencing. And when that happens, you begin to really understand God's ultimate plan for your life. So Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5 says this, We can rejoice too when we suffer, for we know that suffering helps us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength, character, and strengthen our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead you to disappointment. Man, suffering develops endurance. So when I suffer, I'm simply growing. And that's so hard to see in the moment. In the moment when we're going through pain, in the moment when we're going through grief, in the moment we're, when we're experiencing an unexpected difficulty, all we can see is the difficulty. In that moment, it's hard for us to see the forest from the trees. But what's really important is that we gain perspective and begin to realize that could it be that God is preparing us for something else? So there's two purposes to your pain today. The number one purpose is, is that pain proves our faith. How you and I respond to pain actually proves how faithful we are to God. When I'm going through a struggle, do I turn to him or do I turn away from him? Look at this in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. Again, back to 1 Peter. Uh, Peter. 1 Peter was written to Christians that were suffering. And look at what he says here. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Again, he's writing to people that may lose their lives because of who they're following. Even though you must endure many trials, not just a few problems. You ever had a day like that where it feels like about every 15 minutes you get a new text message with a problem? Or maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's an email, and you're like, oh my gosh, another problem, another issue, another difficulty, right? Even though you may endure many trials, I love this though, for a little while. Now, it's important that we understand that our life is a series of seasons. But it's important that we recognize that seasons last not our entire life, but for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. Now, this is really important because Peter is helping us to see that there are some people's faith 
that isn't genuine. He wouldn't mention this if everybody's faith was genuine. Have you ever met a disingenuous person and you know the things that they say don't really add up? You know the things that they say they don't really mean? These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. I looked into this and I, I, I thought about how gold is made. And so uh, gold is ground up, beat down, thrown into a furnace, melted to 2,000 degrees. And then after that process of melting down the gold, uh, all the impurities of the gold rise to the top and they scrape off all of the impurities. The process of gold being refined can't happen without the furnace. And what I want you to know is that you and I being refined is more important than gold, but it can't happen without the furnace. And I don't know what the furnace is that you're in right now, but what I want you to know is, is that in the furnace, you are not alone, that God is with you. And there is something happening as a result of this. And so, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. What's incredible is, is there's something happening inside of you when your faith remains strong, even in the furnace. It's important for you to recognize that, man, in the furnace, God is doing something in me. We are in a constant process of becoming more and more like Christ. But in order to become more and more like Christ, we have to share in his sufferings. Becoming more like Christ doesn't happen accidentally. It doesn't just happen by the process of osmosis. No one wakes up one day and becomes Billy Graham. But it's interesting, Billy Graham's wife, at the end of her life, they were trying to figure out what they were going to put on her tombstone. And someone remembered this quote, and I thought this quote is really interesting because she said it like this. Um, she was going through a construction zone, and as she passed through a construction zone, she saw a sign that said this, end of construction, thank you for your patience. Today, this is on her tombstone, and I think this is very fitting because I think this is the, the statement and the mantra of all of our lives. End of construction, thank you for your patience. You and I are in a lifelong process of construction. You and I are in a lifelong process of being in and out of the furnace and refined by the fire. And so here's the important thing. Let's have a genuine faith. And in the middle of this genuine faith, let's let that genuine faith, pain proves our faith. Man, is your faith genuine? And if it's not genuine, man, let's really investigate what this whole thing is about. Is it just something I do out of convenience? Is God someone I follow when things are just going well? Or is God someone that I follow even in the fire, even in the furnace, I'm trusting him? The second thing is, is that pain prepares you for what's next. When you're going through pain, pain is simply preparing you for that next step in your life. And that can be pretty scary because you're like, man, this is like the most pain I've ever been through. But if you remember the pain you were going through five or 10 years ago, you were probably making the same statements back then saying, this is the most pain I've ever been through. Because the circumstances and the difficulties that we're in right now are simply preparing us for that next circumstance and that next difficulty that we're about ready to approach. Romans 8.18 says, yet we suffer now. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. So it just simply means this idea that, man, we're suffering now but there's something greater coming. And it's important to keep that perspective because again, 
Our lives are temporary. What we suffer now is worth it compared to what's going to happen to us later because there's going to come a day, and I'm more pumped and more psyched for that day than ever right now, where we're not going to have tears. We're not going to have suffering. We're not going to have heartache. We're going to be with God in heaven forever if we put our faith, hope, and trust in the person of Jesus. I want you to know that's real. That's not just something that Christians created to make themselves feel good about themselves. Romans 8, verse 17 says, And since we are his children, we're his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we were to share in this glory, we also share his suffering. In order for us to experience the benefits of following Christ, we also have to share in his suffering. Jesus never said this was going to be easy. It's kind of this concept of, We know where we're headed. We know where we're going. We have a home in heaven because of what Jesus has done for us and what we do as a response, believing and receiving in him. But what's really important here is even though we're not there yet, we're heirs, which means someday we have eternity waiting on us. Someday we have a time and a place in our lives where we will no longer suffer. We're not there yet, though. And so in order to get there, we share in his suffering. Alan Iverson uh, signed an NBA contract in 2001. This is an interesting story. And his agent at the time, they signed a deal with Reebok. And uh, the agent at the time knew, because of some of the behaviors of Alan Iverson, that he would more than likely spend the millions and millions of dollars that he made in the NBA. It's interesting because his prediction was correct. Today, Allen Iverson has spent the millions and millions of dollars that he made. But as a part of his contract with Reebok, he signed a $32 million contract that would go in a trust fund that wouldn't be available to to Allen Iverson until 2030, until he turned 50 years old. Well, Today, he's broke. Doesn't have access to that money. He's an heir to it. He spent all that he has He knows what's coming to him, right? But he doesn't have access to it yet. And that's very similar to the story of you and I. We know what's coming to us. We have this relationship with God because of Jesus. We're heirs as a result of it. We are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. You and I are going to receive God's glory. We're going to receive eternity with God. That is coming, but it's not today. And so today means that we will share in his suffering, just like Allen Iverson. In John 16, verse 33, the Bible says this, I've told you, this is Jesus talking, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. You and I don't get peace from a pill, peace from a relationship, peace from a distraction. We get peace From him. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Again, Jesus himself tells us we will not have an easy life. In fact, the reason why we know following Jesus means our life won't be easy is if I'm following the person of Jesus, I have to ask myself the question was his life easy? Did everything go fairly for him? He was a person that never sinned. He was completely innocent, but yet he was executed for you and for me. Is that fair? 
Suffering is something that we can't explain. Trials and difficulties, they have the pain we go through has a purpose. The pain of the cross had a purpose in the life of Jesus. What John chapter 16, verse 33 is helping us to understand is that pain is the package for God's preparation in our life. Our pain is simply preparing us for what's next. This last passage of scripture I want to share with you is in Isaiah 43, verse 2. This goes right back to the concept of the furnace. Is that when you pass through the waters, I love this promise, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You know what the promise of Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 is? The promise is, is that you're going to walk through difficulties. Again, the, the wording here is really important. When you. It's going to happen. You and I are going to suffer. Christ suffered. We are going to suffer. Stop believing the lie that just because you follow Jesus means that you won't suffer. You are going to go through trials. And instead, start accepting the truth, which is this. When you go through trials, you don't have to go through them alone. When you go through what you're going through, you're not going through it alone because God is with you. So whether you're walking, uh, when you're passing through rivers, they're not going to sweep you away. When you're walking through the fire, you're not going to be burned. He is with you. I don't know what you're going through today, but my hope is, is that you would come to a place in your life where you recognize that your suffering is proving your faith. And really your suffering is getting you to a place where God can use you next in this next part of your life, this next chapter. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment unless you're driving. And let's just kind of consider, man, what is that next step? You may be listening to this and your faith has been really circumstantial up until this point. Maybe you've You've tried Jesus out, but he hasn't really worked for you. And it was simply because you were trying him out, you never made him really the Lord of your life. If you're listening today and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord, I wonder if you would consider saying, you know what, I'm going to make him Lord of my life today. You've been walking through suffering alone. You've been walking through difficulty alone. And you were never wired up to do that. You know that you need a Savior and today's the day that you're going to say, man, today's the day I'm going to pray and receive Christ and make him the Lord of my life. So if that's you today, you could pray a prayer really similar to this. God, thank you for your son, Jesus. The trial that I'm going through today feels like a mountain that I could never climb. God, today I believe that you sent your only son to die for me that it was his suffering on the cross that paid the ransom for my sin, that it was what he did that would wipe away all my guilt, all my shame, all my regret. And God, today I confess with my heart and with my life, you and only you to be the Lord of my life. God, thank you for saving me. And God, I pray the suffering that I'm going through today makes me less like who I used to be and more like who you want me to be. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and for making me a Christian. It's in Jesus' name I pray all this. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services, which meet at 830, 945, or 11. 
If you feel inclined to give, you can do so by visiting our website at graceriver.cc. Have a great week, and we hope to see you soon.